Today I am declaring the day of the Lord is at hand. And I don't mean that flippantly. I'm taking this very seriously, and I want you to listen through what I'm saying very carefully, but don't just listen to my words. Go and read for yourself. The message that I'm sharing is going to be much different than what you are hearing in churches or what you have been taught. And it's different than, a little bit different than a lot of people are talking about these dreams and visions that people are sharing. But there are some themes that seem to be very similar. Something is happening, and I don't think people realize the times that we are in. What is happening on the world level? Some people talk about the mark of the beast. Some people talk about different things. But as Jesus said, my people will die for lack of knowledge, and I think that is what we are witnessing. I think we are witnessing what Jesus says in Matthew 24, starting in verse 4. And Jesus answered them, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, that's race against race, and kingdom against, con- and kingdom, against kingdom, that would be like country against country. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pangs. We are seeing that happening on a world scale. Much of it with the nation against nation started ramping up with the BLM thing. Antifa. And kingdom against kingdom, if you've listened to anything before, follow along what's happening in the Ukraine. Pay attention to what's happening now in Israel. Pay attention to what's happening in Taiwan. The hook has been put in the jaw and it is drawing out the armies of the world in the midst of hundreds of millions of people being given a jab. It's starting to even make its way into mainstream news what is happening with the jab, the injuries and the death. And I've talked about that And I'll cover something else later. But what has been planned and discussed from people like Albert Pike and Henry Kissinger for the depopulation, the reduction of the world's population, with one thing that would start with some kind of a virus, a few waves of a virus that would lead into the Third World War. The war is planned to, to pull in the Zionists against the Islamic nation. So it would be Israel against Iran, that whole mixture. But we also have a powder keg happening between China, Taiwan, Japan, Vietnam, the Philippines, United States, United Kingdom. The world is focused on getting their military ready for a battle there also. At the same time, currently we have exercises, so to speak, with the NATO forces and some other countries joining in, simulating what would happen in war with Russia. Russia's pulled out their nuclear weapons and they are planning 
they don't say specifically when, but there will be three test launches of their Satan II rocket. Is it Satan III? You can look it up. It's not hidden information. The pieces are put into place as the start of the culling is happening. And out of this, as Kissinger said, this would be the, the first part of it that would bring the nations out of desperation into the Third World War. And I'll continue what Jesus tells us. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and will put you to death. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. What is happening right now is they're delivering people up to tribulation and being put to death. And I don't know how many people realize what is happening. Because you can witness it right now as he continues to say, and then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. That is happening. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But the important part, he says, is but the, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We're watching the delivering up to tribulation and being put to death happening right now. We're seeing the start of the nations rising against nations, the kingdom against kingdom. The hook has been put in the jaw. It's happening. And I don't think there's many people that truly understand what hap is going on. I think there's a lot of people that think there's going to be a fix to this. There isn't a fix coming. There isn't going to be a awakening that is going to just all of a sudden turn things over. The white hats aren't going to overthrow the cabal. It's not going to happen the way people are thinking it's going to happen. In certain countries, more than half of the population has already received the jab. It won't matter if a so-called so white hats stand up. It's too late. Now I want to put into context a little bit more to where we are. The other day I was praying about it and I was like, all right, is there anything I need to share? Is the end really here? Because I was thinking about, I had shared this dream that I had months ago where I was shown like on a screen and it started off, it says, the end is here, dot, dot, dot. Then underneath that, there was a second line, and it said a number of things. And then when I woke up, the only thing I could remember was 22. And then underneath that, it said, keep looking for updates. I can't remember what the last part was, but that was the basically what I saw was keep watching for updates. So I've been talking about the different things that have been happening. There's been a tremendous amount of things that are happening in the news or with the Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff that's landing on this 22. 
But I kept thinking, I was like, okay, so can you show me what the things are that I can't remember from 22? And I felt led to go back and read Daniel 12. And I did. I went back again and read 11 for a little bit more context. And it's like, 11's happened, a lot of chapter 12 has happened or is happening. That's where we are. And leading up to this, there's been a number of times where I've just been saying, like, oh, after I, oh, I'm going to, I'm jumping ahead. (laughs) Sorry. I'm going to read the part in Daniel chapter 12, starting in verse 8. I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time of the regular burnt offering is taken away, and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. But go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. It's sealed up until the end. I had read that a while back, and it was... I kept, I was searching, I was trying to figure out how do I count this 1,290 days? What's the, what was the setting up of the abomination? And then it came to me, it was the sign of the woman from Revelation 12. Now when you look at the sign of the woman from Revelation 12, And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head had seven diadems. I'll have you continue to read through that, but then when you go down to verse 6, and the woman fled into the wilderness where she was, or has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. It's awfully similar to Daniel, and it was clear that's the starting point. It's a very different narrative from Revelation. I was reading through about Revelation, the Council of Nicaea. And I was reading, and according to a couple of places, they were saying that the most contested book to be put into the Bible was the book of Revelation. It was contested because the early church didn't see this to fit. But it was added. And I find it to be a very confusing book that has a different take on a lot of different things that aren't backed up by other parts of the Bible. Mm -hmm. But it gives us a start point. A sign. 
but a very different sign, and I'm going to explain what that means in just a second. But the start point, the 1260 days, it's the setting up of the abomination. It happened in September 23, 2017. I ask that you look that up. And part of this also, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns. If you've listened to any previous podcasts, I've talked about the, the importance between knowing the definition, that's basic understanding of words that we have, but it's the defining, it's removing the fine quality, making a word less clear, not as usable, versus the meaning, going to the etymology, what was the root of the word, what does it actually mean? And looking at the names of people, Donald J. Trump is one that stands out. It's a rate around this time frame. It's another sign. The sign of the woman was September 23, 2017, but around that same time frame. Leading into that was the election of Donald J. Trump. Now, the reason why I think that's important is, one, he's several times given in speeches and he reads the lyrics from the song, The Snake. I think it's an admission of who he is. When you look at this, another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon. But the part that's important there is it had ten crowns, or ten horns. Donald means world ruler. That's what the name Donald means. It's very specifically that mentioned that he is Donald J. Trump. J is the tenth letter of the alphabet. World ruler with ten, Trump. Trump is what you blow, it's like a horn. You can blow the Trump or you can blow a horn. It's the world ruler of ten horns. Right around the same time that we have the sign of the woman in the sky. Now there's something strange about the sign of the woman because it, if you look up Shekinah, some people refer to the upper room with the Shekinah glory being the Holy Spirit. Look up Shekinah glory and do an image search. You will find pictures of Ishtar, Shekinah. It's ancient Jewish mysticism. And she's giving birth to who? There's no reference to an end times birth other than if it would be something false. But there's something about a sign. Well, in the previous podcast, I talked about the sign of Jonah. Jesus said, Wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, but no sign will be given to it, but except for the sign of Jonah. Jonah means dove. What Jesus is actually saying there is he said, There won't be any other sign but the sign of the dove. He goes on to say, for three days and three nights, Jonah was in the belly of the great fish. I went through that whole thing in the previous podcast, if you want to understand. I talked about how the similarities of the story of Jonah and Jesus, because Jesus then also is in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. But Jesus also tells us that there will be given a sign. 
in Matthew 24, starting at 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days. I think we're in that time. The culling has started, but it's the beginning of the sorrows. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. It will be a dark sky. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man. What was the sign that he told us? The only sign that will be given would be the sign of Jonah, a dove. And then the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. That's the sign we're supposed to be looking for. So that's why I, I put out a caution and, a, and be very careful because there's so many things wrapped around this rapture concept. That people are seeking and they're excited, they're, they're desperate because the world is falling apart. It doesn't, you can try to ignore things and just go about back to normal if you so choose, but people know things aren't normal. Things aren't right. So if something is happening, if somebody is saying there is the Messiah or Jesus is returning, if the sky isn't dark yet and you don't see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man as a dove in the sky yet, don't be deceived. But the part I was, I had spent so much time praying, trying to figure out what was the start point? What does this mean? What was this going to be with this Daniel 1290 days and the 1335 days? But then I found the start point, September 23rd, 2017. When you put those into context, what happened in the 1,260th day after the sign of the woman? The Pope went to Iraq and did some pagan thing. He said there was an awakening. There was also, at the same time, the awakening at the volcanoes in Iceland. They were using the same terminology. Something likely being released. And then if you go to the 1,290 days that Daniel speaks of, from the setting of that abomination, the sign of the woman, 30 days after the Pope was in Iraq, doing his thing on the 6th of March, was Easter. A lot of people don't know or don't take the time to pay attention, but Easter is the same word as Ishtar. Look up the origin of Easter and Ishtar. Why do people eat pigs on Easter? Why do people decorate eggs on Easter? Why do they celebrate rabbits on Easter? Because it's Ishtar. The Shekinah glory, Shekinah. The sign of the woman with the 12 stars on her head. 
And on that same time, it was, it was in the Hebrew calendar, it would have been Nisan 22. On the Gregorian calendar, which we try to figure out things with now, it was April 4th. That was the 1,290 days. From the setting up of the abomination to Ishtar. On that same time frame, it's when the 22 mummies were rolled out in Egypt. Look at the Golden Parade of Egypt from September 4th. Or excuse me, April 4th. It might have been the evening of April 3rd of the Hebrew calendar. It starts at sundown. Look at the timing. It's the same timing. But it says in Daniel 12, Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. That's 45 days after Ishtar. That's May. My count 45 days after is May 19th. I've heard some people, have, I've heard a few people refer to it, or actually one, and they said May 20th. The way I count it, it's May 19th, so it would be maybe sunset on the 19th into the 20th. Depending on which calendar you're looking at. That's, we're almost there. Now, two days ago I was sitting and I was thinking about it and I was praying and I was trying to understand what were the events of the 22. Well, then I went to, I was... I mentioned that I was urged to go back and read through what's called the Minor Prophets. And I was going through Hosea. And I got to chapter 6, verse 2. If I can open it up here. Sorry, I thought I had a page marker. Starting at the beginning of the chapter, it says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Well, if you look at May 19th, 20th, 21st, on the third day would be the 22nd. I was praying that this would be shown to me. I was trying to understand what were the 22. What is it that I need to share? And this happened. Previously, I've been, I've been praying diligently like, Lord, when is the end? When is this going to come to an end? When is this evil going to be dealt with? And every time I'd get back, you know. But this last time I kept saying, I know I'm being impatient. <laughs> and this may be selfish, but can you show me? And I tell you what, when I found this and I saw it, my body turned electric. So we're told at the end people will have 
see, have visions and dream dreams. Well, there are people talking about having dreams like crazy about three days of darkness. But Jesus tells us, if those days weren't shortened, there'd be no flesh left alive. Well, you shorten three into two, or on the third day, the sun and the moon are darkened. That'd be days of darkness. That's when we look for the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. We're there. But we have to hang on because things are ramping up rapidly. Now again, I've also I pointed out this myself about people that are saying that they're prophets. Well, they're setting dates. Well, a prophet would be somebody that sets a date and it's right. A false prophet would be somebody that sets a date and it's wrong. But as we see in Daniel chapter 12, we're given days. Not a date, but a counting. Now it goes through something when Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour. I want you to pay attention closely as I read through this, starting in verse 36 of Matthew 24. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. As, we, as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Well, first I want to just stop there. Think about what was happening in the days of Noah. It was a violent time. There was violence on the earth. That's brewing. They were mixing the genetic codes, which this mRNA thing appears to be. But there's also something that I don't think is accidental. It's the National Oceanic and whatever association. It's the weather organization for North America. It's called NOAA. Spelled different, but said the same. We're in the days of NOAA. We're seeing the evidence as well as the names of things. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, giving and giving, getting in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. What he's saying there is most won't even be paying attention. They're going to be seeking a normal. So there's so many that are pushing this whole thing, what the end of the world will look like this one world government, one world ruler, mark of the beast. A lot of those types of things are in place already. But Jesus never talks about a one world ruler. Where does that come from? Daniel talks about several different kings rising and they fight against each other. There's never one that just rules everything. I don't see that. I encourage you to read through the minor prophets, read through what Jesus teaches because they're all talking about what we're supposed to be seeing and what will be the signs and what those days will look like. But for some reason, so many push those aside and they focus only on, well, Paul says in Thessalonians there will be a rapture and then what does Revelation say? Well, how about what does Jesus say? 
because it's playing out before us. But I think it lies in the difference between the definition and the meaning. I cover a little bit more on that in just a second. But Jesus continues, Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken, one left. Two women will be grinding in the mill, one will be taken, and one left. Therefore, stay awake. We're supposed to be alert, paying attention to what's happening. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But know this. Now here, pay attention to Now, but know this. That if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. All of a sudden, he, he says, we don't know the day or the hour, but if you stay awake, you don't know the hour he's coming. Who then is faithful and wise servant, whom his master has set over his household to give them their food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant who his, whom his master will find doing so when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with the drunkards, the master of, the, the master of that servant will come on a day he does not expect, expect him and at an hour he does not know and will cut him into pieces and put him in with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Notice what he says there. But if that wicked servant says to himself, My master is delayed, and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know. If you're living trying to get back to normal, not paying attention anymore, thinking, eh, it's not going to be for years down the road. He's going to come on a day and an hour you do not expect. But if you're paying attention up earlier in 24 verse 44, he says, Therefore you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. If you're paying attention, it's the hour. If you're not paying attention, it's the day or the hour. Because we're given a time frame. If you're paying attention to what's happening, the names. Example, if you look in the parable of the weeds, also known as the parable of the tares, when Jesus explains it, there's a harvest. The angel dips in his sickle. Who's the name or the face of almost all of this whole novel coronavirus? Anthony Fauci. Fauci means sickle. Whether he knows it or not, if he's even a human or not, or a man, he's playing the role of the sickle that is bundling the weeds to be burned. declaring the coming of the Lord. 
and I don't take it lightly. I do not know the hour he is going to come. And I don't know that I, well, we'll put it this way. The 22nd is close. And in looking for it. In Hosea chapter 6, verse 2. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, that he may heal us, and has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. My guess is, on the third day, the 22nd, also looking at the parable of the tares, Jesus calls out to his angels to gather. Again, back and starting at verse 29 of chapter 24. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the, of the Son of Man, the dove, like the sign of Jonah. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So those that are looking for a rapture to take place before the sun and the moon are darkened, might want to reconsider what you're looking for. Jesus is very clear. The gathering won't happen until after the sun and the moon are darkened. We're also told to watch for the abomination of desolation. Now there's, you can look at this from a definition version and you can also look at it from the meaning version from a definition our basic understanding of abomination is a vile thing and desolation would be uninhabited so for some in the, in these days a very vile thing is going to take place and there will be a massive population reduction People like Gates are saying 90 to 95% reduction. The Georgia Guidestones, Henry Kissinger, they talk about 500 million left. 500 million out of 7.5 billion. That's 95% approximately. For some it will be. And it matches what is said in Isaiah. Where there are a thousand, there will be a hundred left. Where there are a hundred, there will be ten left. That's a 90% reduction, 10% left. But also there's the meaning side of this. What are the words from their etymology? Abomination is keeping the mighty honest. There will be a revealing of who these people are that are perpetrating this stuff. Jesus says, fear, fear them not, for all of this is going to be revealed.
desolation from a meaning standpoint is a bad omen in the flight of birds. Doves? They're birds. If you're paying attention, you will see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. There will be a revealing. Fear not for, fear them not for all of this will be revealed. Abomination. And you will see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. Doves. We are not far off. And I want to share something. I've shared Albert Pike's plan for three world wars. If you aren't familiar, I'm not going to read through that. I'm going to ask you to read that for yourself. Henry Kissinger talks about it in his interviews in 2011 and also 2018 with the Daily Squib. He talks about the plan to release a, a virus, real or fake, to usher in a third world war to reduce the population. He calls it the reset. If you've been paying attention to anything with this World Health Organization, a council. In its etymology, it's the Council for the Management of the End of the Age. <laughs> Klaus Schwab is talking about the Great Reset. But this I found from 1981. It's in a book written by Jacques Attali. And this is what he wrote. He used to be the advisor to Francois Mitterrand. He'd be very equivalent to a Henry Kissinger, but in France. And this is what he said. If you don't fully grasp where we are right now and how I referred to that in the beginning of Matthew 24, or another, it's at Ezekiel or Isaiah where he says, the trampling of the holy ones. The future will be about finding a way to reduce the population. We start with the old because as soon as they exceed 60 to 65 years, people live longer than they produce and that costs society dearly. Then the weak, then the useless that do not help society because there will always be more of them. And above all, ultimately, the stupid. Euthanasia targeting these groups, euthanasia will have to be the essential tool in our future societies. In all cases, of course, we will not be able to execute people or build camps. We get rid of them by making them believe that it is for their own good. Overpopulation and mostly useless is something that is too costly economically. Socially, too, it is much better when the human machine comes to an abrupt halt or abrupt standstill than when it gradually deteriorates. Think about just where we're at so far. We had the Operation Warp Speed, which stopped everything in its tracks and initiated the plan for the jab. Instituted by the man whose name means world ruler of ten horns. He's talking about all the things that people keep talking about that are they're fearing the camps and executions, but I think that's fear, so people are afraid of what's coming in the future when it's really already here. Neither will 
we be able to test millions upon millions of people with, uh, for their intelligence? You bet that. We will find or cause something, a pandemic targeting certain people, a real economic crisis or not, a virus affecting the old and the fat. It doesn't matter. The weak will succumb to it. The fearful and stupid will believe in it and seek treatment. We will have made sure that treatment is in place. Treatment that will be the solution. The selection of idiots will take care of itself. You go to the slaughter by yourself. He starts off with saying that they're going to target what? The most vulnerable. And then people will, because of the Hegelian dialectic, will be seeking a treatment, but the treatment will be their own voluntary euthanasia. This was written in a book that he wrote in 1981 called The Future of Life. He also later went on in 2014 and said that World War III will start in Ukraine. We're there. Declaring the day of the Lord is at hand. Godspeed.